Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Did you know 77% of women who wear bladder weakness products experience intimate skin irritation? As if having incontinence wasn't stressful enough. But Tenna Intimate Pads have been gynecologist tested and do not cause skin irritation. Gentle on my intimate skin. I need to try Tenna Intimate Pads. Visit TennaSample.com for your free sample. Kind to skin protects like Tenna. This is Reed Saunders, professional Colorado sports announcer. 1-0 to Ryan, drives it to right, going back, Puig, and it's gone! You're tuning in to the Mile High Pundit Podcast. It's too good to be true, but believe it! Oh, hell, kill! Follow us on Twitter, at Mile High Pundit Podcast. Loose ball in the front court, Grant dumped it home! And the Denver Nuggets lead it by 20 points in the now, here's your hosts, Joel James and Jared Shuck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is Friday night after a decently long, uh, it felt like long at least, work week. Um, I'm going to bring in my co-host here from Texas, Jared. Jared, bro, what a week. I mean... You know, weeks are weeks as they are, but anytime you're up 2-0 in the Western Conference Finals, feels damn good to say that. You're bound to have an okay week, yeah? I mean, it's not too bad. I keep getting clowned every game day. I'm wearing my AV stuff to work in a very <clears throat> victory green area, but I mean, first round or third round, take your pick. I like third round personally but yeah i mean it's it's always weird with like these short work weeks because you had to cram five days worth of shit into four that sucks and then you come in on on tuesday when you have a monday off and you have triple the emails because it it just everything has to be on hold it's it's just it, it sucks but you're right being up to nothing obviously helps um and just just looking around and just kind of reading some stuff on Twitter, it's just really, really funny to see some of the things that uh, Oilers fans say about the Landeskog hit on uh, Yamamoto and just just a few other things, too. And it's just, it, it, it's kind of comical to me. It really is. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, so what I've kind of liked to do over really the course of the playoffs is tune into just other teams' beats. Um, see how they're doing on the opposite side of the spectrum, and let me tell you, man, we've had it. We've had it pretty, uh, pretty well off over here. Um, knock on wood, but you know, had it pretty well off. Um, they, as far as the the Edmonton side of things go, and I was just, you know, plugged into these pods most of most of my work morning, just listening to a few different ones, kind of their takes on on game two at least um 
one went out and said that he wasn't going to get super into the officiating and then spent a good 20 minutes of a 30-minute podcast knocking the officials. Fantastic. Um, you get... It was, you're right, man. It was comical. Um, they take offense to a Landeskog hit that... You know, when when you look at it, like, was it a little bit hard and vicious? Yes, but it is the playoffs. He went full through the body. And Yamamoto, he's just smaller than Landeskog. It's like, you know, kind of ghosts of the Gerard hit almost to where it's like legal. But because the dude is smaller and in, you know, not the best position, there he goes. Nothing you could really, really do about it. I hope he's okay, you know, but um, as far as to call it overly dirty and that he should be, you know, we're sending this to the league type beats, uh, no. I, I think the NHL actually already shut that down in my, uh, from what just like being plugged in today, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the NHL already came out and said, yeah, Lena Skog's not going to get anything. Um, the, the thing I really didn't like before we get into game one, the thing I really didn't like was the Cassian play on Byram. I, I mean, it should, it should be the same rule as if you scored a water bottle on, at somebody, really. You're trying to affect the play that's on the ice. It automatically carries a 10-minute misconduct, and that's the way it should be. And... For just to only get two out of that is kind of soft. Um, yes, Byron deserves his two. Um, I saw a lot of people who weren't too happy with Byron getting two there. I, I, I see what happens, I, and I understand that frustration side of it, but you can't, you, you can't put yourself in that situation to retaliate back. Yes, he took your helmet off. Yes, you have a history of head issues. I, I fully get that. And for Cassie to do that, it's a chicken shit move. It is. It's, just, it's clown shit. That's all it was. And for, for Byron to take a pop at him, I'm not going to be upset about him taking two minutes there. I, I'd be hard-pressed to find a single person who's upset with that. But yeah. for Anytime. Cassian needs to get an extra two there. He's got to get a 10. He's got to get something. Cassian had no effect on the game as it was, and it, it showed. I mean, I, I didn't pull up how much he played last night, but I'm, I'm sure fucking stat guy JJ over there probably has it. Um, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I do have it. It's right here. He played 6:43 last night. I yep, six minutes. I'm. I, I mean, is he? He he's not. He's not anybody that you really need to get your your ass in a bunch over because he's just he's not going to be worth his shit. Yeah, it, it and I think make any sense. I, I think that's more just the frustrations of Cassie and boiling over at that point. I mean, you're getting worked on the fourth line nonstop. Uh, last night, like nonstop. That LOC line is clicking. Uh, we talked about it before. Um, it's good to see them just till the wheels fall off, man. Like that's that's what it feels like right now. Um, it's like a John Wayne movie when it's like the climax of a John Wayne Western film. And to Cassian, those six minutes probably felt like 18, man like with the way they were getting worked so but like on your basis i completely agree um 
no matter how the game's going, that's a play that's not a hockey play, and it doesn't it's it doesn't belong anywhere, especially not in a Western Conference Finals when the game should be held to its highest, in my opinion. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree with you. Byron, Byron kind of lost his cool, but like rightfully so, in my opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, four v four. I mean, I was to the point where I was like. I almost didn't want to see the abs go on the power play because our five on five work was just leaps and bounds better throughout most of the game. And I mean, it just five on five. I, it's just, it, it, it's hilarious to me to see the five on five, um, advanced analytics because five on five, uh, you're not, you're not anywhere near Colorado right now. You're really not. I, I mean, you take out, take out game, take game one out of the equation. That's just a run and shoot 1980 style game. I mean, that looked like it was the, the old Colorado Rockies against the Edmonton Oilers of the eighties. Exactly. Like, I mean, five on five. Um, it, it's just, it's not really a fair fight. Colorado puts up 27 scoring chances to Edmonton's 14 at five at five on five last night. And Edmonton up until the last four minutes didn't have a single scoring chance in the third period last night. And it's just, it's one of those regions that you're watching and going, this is really not that close of a game. I mean, at even strength, Colorado's at 28-14 on scoring chances, so four on fours, three on threes, anything even up. And obviously, um, on the power play, Colorado was just eons, eons better. I, I will say, the thing I really liked in comparison to game one, Colorado's commitment to defense was phenomenal. Yes. I, it, it is not an easy task containing a guy like Connor McDavid, a guy like Leon Dreisaitl. And Kale McCarr has taken that responsibility and said, I'll do it. Devon Taves, I'll get, do it. From the get-go, man, that first sequence where, you know, from Edmonton's point of view, they're trying to get back into the series down 1-0 from the get. You can tell they're, they're chopping at the bit. They're feisty. That was kind of how the whole first period was. You were dealing with a a rather feisty Edmonton until things just got, you know, a little bit chippy to downright dirty at, you know, in my opinion, at the end of of three there, uh, there was a couple things. But, like, you know, they, like, with, with, with that, they, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, they, I'm not, edit, I'm not editing a single piece yeah. of this. I'm not, I, this, is, this is too funny. So I, I wish you could see him struggle. Lost, lost what I was going to say. Um, it's been one of those weeks. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, I mean, uh, I, I, but I'm going to see if I can maybe jog your memory here a little bit. Yeah. 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 The, the, Colorado just flat dominated play last night. End of story. And yes, shit got chippy in the third. And Ashcraft, oh, oh, okay. I think so is his name. McDav- okay, so McDavid, McDavid, McDavid and McCarr. The very first like sequence of the game, 
when you had McDavid doing his classic McDavid routine of like, I'm going to go down the right flank blasting and no one's going to stop me because he knows he's that good. Kale kept pace for pace with him, skating backwards. And just a perfectly executed poke check. He held him without a shot, I think, all of game two when they were on the ice together. It's it's really great to 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 look at some really just fun stats. Uh, Connor McDavid had a point zero two expected goals last night. He got outpaced by Logan O'Connor. He's at a point two five, by the way. Um, I it's it's really mind boggling because uh, Connor McDavid, when he's up against Makar and Taves has a, a total of four shot attempts. That's it. I, I mean, you want to talk about a true shutdown defensive pair right now. And, and even, even Bowen Byron made a really great play on him last night. Uh, same with Josh Manson as well. Josh Manson stood him up and actually knocked him to the ice against the half wall. Uh, he's, <coughs> he, he's really being almost neutralized. Now, is that going to change with um, Ashcroft having the... I think that's his name for the coach of Edmonton. Um, uh, Wood, Wood, Woodcroft. Woodcroft, thank you. I want to call him Ash, yeah. Ashcroft for some reason. <laughs> Wood, Woodcroft is going to have last change uh, for the next two. And yeah. he, he's going to try and keep him away from Makar and Taves. But it, in my opinion, that no longer is even worth talking about. Makar has shown that he's going to hold McDavid off. Taves has shown it. And what McCarr did that was really phenomenal on that play in the first was he actually never crossed over. He did his tomahawk cut to gain that speed to keep with McDavid. If he goes to a crossover, McDavid's going to cut back on him and McCarr's going to be in the corner. End of story, no doubt about it. I don't care what defenseman it is. It could be prime Duncan Keith and his ass is in the corner. The, just by doing that tomahawk move and pushing off that right skate, to drive him down to that corner so he can get his, his left hand in that, in that stick in the lane to disrupt the play is just, it's otherworldly defense, defensive um, acumen and hockey IQ that we haven't seen in a very, very long time in Burgundy and Blue. Now you can say Tyson Berry was good. He was not a good defender at all. He was an offensive defenseman at every step of the way. Kill McCarr is the true two-way defenseman that this club has needed for a very, very long time. And going into now game three, where they're going to try and keep him away from a car, keep him away from Taves. He is now going to be playing against uh, their second, third grouping, which really plays into Colorado's hand. Because yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter what forward group you put up against McDavid right now. If he tries to go against Kadri, Kadri's shown he can hold his own. JT Comfort's holding his own. I don't like Obey Kubel in that third line in the slightest. We won't even get into that. But even Darren Helm is doing a hell of a job. Darren Helm has kept McDavid to one shot in two games when he's on the ice with him. Darren Helm. And that's, I mean, you're seeing, it's like a beautiful, it's like a beautiful symphony, man. Like, the Avs are picking up, in, in my opinion, I mean, do you, Helm had the, the game, the game, the series-saving goal against... Um, you know, the Blues. So to see them continue that and to see Jesse's brother just, you know, 
have himself another night, another, you know, what was it, two-goal night, like, just uh, that 8-6 game, anyways, like, for them to continue on from that Blues series was really good to see. Um, you see them build on that game two. You know, Edmonton looked, they, they looked like they got punched in the mouth game one. They were like, oh, Colorado can hang with us and beat us when we're both playing our dump and chase, odd man rush style game. And then you get to this one. And I got to tell you, man, Edmonton critics were licking their lips. Like they were licking their chops for game two. Because in their minds, they've got Pavel Francos starting, and the only thing they're looking at is his career playoff save percentage, which is .889. Okay. Have you seen what he's done for us lately, Chief? Have you seen it? And, I mean, you gotta give that dude first star of the night for, for a reason. Frankie played in over his head, and it it's just fantastic to see man um curious as to what that playoff save percentage is now after posting his second shutout 901 ever. 901 there you go and it was just you know it, it was it was really cool to see like especially for a guy that you and I have both watched basically grow up in that organization um just really I, cool. I, I mean, cool I was night. upset that our tweet got zero traction last night about him. That was 2018-19 Cardo Eagles vintage Pavel Francos. There was, I don't remember what game it was, but it was leading up to, it was, it was the push into the playoffs. Um, he put up like a 45 save shutout against, uh, oh God, I, I want to say it was Ontario. And Ontario was just was just wheeling and dealing at that point. Um, and he just came in and just stood on his head. Um, God, if I could ever find that game again, I, I would love to find it. But I, Frankie, in, 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 we said it, we, we put it on the Twitter account for the game. One of the three keys was rebound control was going to be a problem. Got to limit rebounds. And what did Frankie do? He swallowed up every puck. Granted, he faced a ton of just like low danger chances, but when he needed to be good, he was good. The the play that comes to mind was the the puck that popped over the net and just landed right in front of him, and he he almost looked like the the, the um the if you ever played like the Game Boy Advance like the Pokemon game, a little trainer with the exclamation point. That was that was him like. Just you know, he had the game. He he had a game, man, and um, yeah, just awesome to see. And now with with Kemper actually boarding the plane and being designated as day to day, you know, Edmonton doesn't know who they're going to get. That plays in favor of the Avs, even on the road, in my opinion. But but do you even run the risk of playing? But you don't. Not Franco, uh, not Francis Kemper at this point. It, it, it's a bluff. It's completely a bluff. In my opinion, you, you, you go with your hot hand. We've, you and I have always believed that, and your hot hand has switched to Frankie. Um, and you got to roll with him now. Because this late, like, 
guys might not be coming back from injuries in the season, you know, despite how little they, they may be, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And it's there, there, there's no reason to take a guy out of that situation when he just walked in and did that. I mean, yes, was it great for him to probably get his feet wet against Nashville and understand the pace of the game? Absolutely. Edmonton's a much different pace. <laughs> much, much different pace. And just because you have the speed of McDavid and the playmaking ability of him and Dreisaitl on a line and throw fucking Zach Hyman in there who's having a career year, go figure. I mean, hell, I could have 90. I could probably have 80 points in the league if I played with those two studs. I mean, shit, Sadie could probably have at least 30 tucks. And she's got four legs and can barely hold a hockey stick in her mouth. Air bud. I, I mean, Air. holy shit. Puck. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those deals where you, you know how good uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl are, but the second you neutralize that top line, and especially when they throw Kane on that top line, they're, they're, sh- they're tipping their hand saying, we need to put our three best guys together. And yeah. Jared Bednar has the greatest advantage of all of being able to split up his three-headed monster like he does most of the time and roll them out with a Nazem Kadri, with a Valerian Nachushkin, with an Arturi Lekkinen. I, I mean, you could, literally, you could literally play hot potato with those six and you're still going to have probably one of the best top sixes in the league. Yeah. And the Avs are playing hot potato with their bottom line in transition to their top line as well. It's why it's, you know, I mean, you said it yourself. How important has Darren Helm been this series? And when you're working a tired McDavid like that and you're shifting on a hungry nuke Mac, like, dude, I mean, Avs were switching dudes on the fly, like reload, reload, reload. We are switching in one, two, maybe three guys at a time. And Edmonton was pinned, like outrushed them twenty-eight to six, bro. That's their game that they claim. That's insane to me. And you want to talk about adjustments? Yeah, throw the game one track meet out the window. Edmonton didn't adjust from that game. Colorado did, and that's why you're rolling into, you know, you're, you're off the heels of a shutout. Like, and the, the aura that this team is carrying, man, like, it's just something else right now. They are above it all. They're above all the bullshit. And I, I, like, it's, it's a very interesting stat, too, to see that when Colorado puts uh, 40 shots or more on goal, they're 6-0 and in these playoffs. Um, ESPN is back doing their quest for the cup uh, series again that, that's every Friday on ESPN plus and it was during the uh, the Nashville series uh, they had they had uh, some of Bednar's uh, audio throughout that series and there there was one I think it was uh, game four in Nashville where he's on the bench and just saying 12 to 15 shots every period let's go just keep going keep going and that's the mentality that this team has. And guess what? When, when you have that mentality, you're going to score quite a bit. The, the average amount of shots in an NHL game is creeping up pretty quickly, but it's causing more pressure on the goalies because up, down, up, down 40 times a night. I, I mean, that's, that's a lot on the body. And I, you were talking about it on, on, on Surgecast with, with Bailey and Zach about 
what kind of toll that put on Frederick Anderson, what kind of toll that was putting on Auntie Ranta, what kind of toll that was putting on uh, Petor uh, Chekovic, right? I mean, yeah. that kind of toll, even on a guy like Mike Smith, who has been known to be kind of shaky at times, and you're starting to see where Colorado's kind of picking their spots of what they're doing, and, and Colorado's goals are very, very clear. Shoot the puck high and work car- cross creases. Mike Smith cannot get across quick enough being as big as he is, and he's, he's still getting burned really, really easily on, cro- on, on cross-seam passes. Yeah, I mean, the game one, the, the new hook assist to confer, I mean, that's telltale right there. That is tic-tac, you know, get shit on, essentially. Um, <laughs> like... I don't know. They and then game game two, man. I mean, you want to talk about the brilliance of Lekkonen for a sec? That tip, masterful. I mean, it was a work of art, like Connor says. It's a work of art. Yeah. And I mean, you had Kadri scoring on a on a rebound where he was just repeatedly trying to stuff it in through the pad, and then just finally got elevation. Um, you had Manson, who just had a hell of a resurgence from game one, and there's a big reason why they did pitch that shutout. And you love to see him get one in front of his dad and look him dead in the eyes as he's passing back to his bench, man. Love it. For those of you who didn't know, Manson's dad is staff member on the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know if we had talked about that yet. I think actually. he's a defensive coach, actually, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um... But you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, three goals in the span of two minutes uh, absolutely turned that game on its head. You had two and 15 seconds. That prompted a very, very, very quick timeout from uh, the Edmonton coach. I already forgot his name again, so that's a great sign. Um, and both of the, the... The Manson goal is one of those that if Kemper let that in, we're saying Kemper's got to have that. He's got to have that. It's a nine, it, 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 it's an 80 it's an 82 mile it's not 82 it's an 88 86 mile an hour shot um according to the TNT broadcast and it's 14 inches off the ice great granted great shot placement right but nobody steps to Manson it, it's the same issue I had in the St. Louis series when Bozak scored the winner it's literally look at those two plays side by side it's the exact same play where yeah. is where is where's Kyler Yamamoto there? Why is he so late stepping if you're an Edmonton person? And why is not Nazem Kadri your best your best player right now if you're an Avs person? Yeah, I mean I'll tell you why like the combinations just the the chemistry man, you're seeing the chemistry pay off. You're seeing the line work pay off. You're seeing all the little machinations of Bednar's game just kind of coalesce into effect and it actually works this time. Did you read a thesaurus before this podcast started? Because I've never heard these words come out of your mouth. <laughs> Machinations. Jesus. Um, but uh, I do have to say before I forget, a uh, little plug to a actually longtime uh, friend of the program, uh, Eddie Blau on Twitter. Oh, I was hoping you were going to bring this up. I saw that. Basically since day one. But he had that. He had uh, just basically said like it is no coincidence that you got frankie's birthday and national donut day on the same day and it's the day after 
the dude pitches a donut to the city of Edmonton, man. So I gotta shout him out for that. Like, I, I, I told him in writing I would. So <laughs> I was like, "Yep." Like, I saw that too. I was just kind of bruising through my non-existent lunch break today, and I was just kind of bruising through uh, Twitter and saw that too. Uh, another really interesting that I saw too was I didn't know this, but Darnell Nurse makes nine million a year. I'm sorry, what? It's kind of hilarious. Someone, uh, someone called the team accountant. Uh, and like to report a robbery. I, I um, mean, it's, it's so hilariously like, bad. Like that's how bad that contract is. That it's no. one of those contracts. It's, I'm, it's, it's not Matt Duchesne funny. It's getting there though. The the James Neal deal that he got after the one good year in Vegas when he went to Calgary, that still might be one of the funniest deals I've seen. Yeah. But to, um, I don't know, man, to to go back, like, to that original thought, I guess, what I was talking about, just the the greatness of Jared Bednar this year, right? Avs are 10-2 in the playoffs so far. Five of our game-winning goals have come from guys that we've traded for during our run. You got Lekkonen with two, Cogs with two, and Manson with one throughout the course of the playoffs. And it's just, it's really cool to see that. Um, It's really cool to see that mesh with the already great core that the Avs already had. And I don't know. Like, if you're if you're Edmonton, what? There's not a lot. I mean, you're going home, but like, there's got to be some kind of the apps pissed them off. Like, I don't know how they should expect to feel after getting shut out on the road when. Theoretically, that's supposed to be your bounce-back game. Which is what I love about striking first in the series. You get to gauge it and then go with the flow. I, I, I mean, Edmonton is really, really in a bad spot. Yeah. They, they drop one of these at Rogers Place. For lack of better terms, they're fucked. They are fucked. And I fully anticipate the Avs, you know, coming out. And here's, here's what I love um, from, from previous years. What was always, myself included, I was, I was a huge part of this. What was always our chief complaint? We weren't tough enough. We weren't tough enough on pucks. We weren't tough enough in the corners. We weren't this, that, the other Battling thing. Battling on the boards, like all that stuff. Dude. We weren't winning the puck battles. Dude, you can't get the puck out of the zone against the bottom six. What was that game one where JT Comfort kept Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry out there for two and a half minutes? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Like some of their, their, their average ice times are creeping up. And the abs are creeping down. Like they're changing on the fly, like I was saying. Um, 
but you just love to see it, man. Like like you were talking about Darnell Nurse is invisible. Um it's actually Cody Cece who's like really, you know, doing all he can, which you know, it's not a he can't do a lot because he's already trying to fend for himself. Like you can't have a guy go MIA like that and Tyson Berry's Tyson Berry, as we know. Good offensive guy, questionable defensive chops. Um, and, I mean, you're seeing the Mac-McDavid line basically match each other. Maybe even I would take McKinnon over that because you see McKinnon just blow through McDavid. McDavid takes one wrong turn and Mac nets it. Like, the Avs were only down a grand total of, I want to say it was like 40-some-odd seconds game one on that 8-6 barn burner you come back game two pitch the shutout come play a complete just play a completely different style putting in Kubel in for Burakovsky and if you're Edmonton man like their conversations they're, they're wondering whether they should go to 11 and 7 now just letting you know like that is that is the general vibe. They don't know what else to do. And, and and it's solely because, like we talked about, they cannot keep pace with Colorado. Colorado has the their top their top nine forwards all have some sort of pace. I I mean, yes, you maybe drop it down to I don't know eight guys when you add in Kubel in for Burakovsky because of an assumed injury to the foot. Um, but but he did come back that game. Burakovsky did come back, so. Right, so it, it, it could be injury, it could just be maintenance day, just kind of let the foot rest a little bit longer, who, who knows, right? I, I think the bigger thing is that Mike Smith isn't the guy. He's, he, he's not, he never has been, and, he, and unfortunately he probably never will be. Watch this come back to bite me in the ass, right? Um, the, he's just, he doesn't seem to play well against Colorado. It, it doesn't matter when it is. Take out the one game where it was like an 8-6 game toward the end of the year, but I think Colorado sat almost half the team. Um, really, it's, it's no contest. And, once, and, and Jared Bednar, our favorite Ken doll, has done a phenomenal job of devising a game plan to, to counteract the McDavid factor, the dry sidle factor. And all Colorado has to do is stay out of the shit, stay out of the box, and you're gonna win this. You're gonna win this matchup five on five, top line versus top line, probably dead even, maybe a little bit toward Edmonton. I'm I'm fully okay with saying that. Everything else, it's all Colorado. De- defensively, you can't tell me Darnell Nurse is on the same playing field as Kale McCarr. I saw something today where it's like, well, well, Darnell Nurse is like maybe forty percent. I'm like, uh, a forty percent McCarr is better than a hundred percent Darnell Nurse and Devon Taves at 40% is better than 100% Darnell Nurse. There's no shot in hell. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you and I both said, man. Does Edmonton scare you? When you look at him from top to bottom? There's, there's one line that scares you. One line. You neutralize that line, it's Kaputskis. And the Avs did a great job at neutralizing that line game too, man. Fantastic job. 
And by the way, I just do want to say that you and I have some some seeing eyes, my friend. Um, going back to pre-Blues or pre-Edmonton era when we were playing the Blues. Post-game space on the old Twitter machine. We were just shooting it after one of those nights. And you and I both were talking about, hey, is Kemper okay? Like, is he actually okay? And we hoped he was. We were both praying to the hockey gods up in the sky. You know, the great big net up there. Like, please. And... You know, unfortunately, eye injuries are, they, they suck, um, especially when you're wearing a cage. Like, any sort of rattling, any sort of movement, blurry vision, can cut, like, I don't know what it was. Um, I've got some people saying it was his vision blurred. I got some people saying it was more of like a concussion thing. But um, I just want to say, like, we hit the nail on the head with that, man. Um, as sad as it was. <laughs> to kind of go back and think about that. Um, it's nice to pump our own tires every once in a while. Every once in a while. And I saw something else too, that he had actually went over to Bednar and said, like, I, I'm probably close to coming out. So I, I guess what had happened was he, he made a motion to the bench and he was able to stay out there for a couple more shifts, which allowed, which allowed uh, Frankie to get loose. Because he mentioned that in the post game that he was able to get loose a little bit of like two shifts and then he could go in because then it was a TV timeout. But, and, and I, I thought it could have been from the 96 mile an hour shot he took to the helmet, which I was like, okay, that could definitely cause blurry vision with a concussion. And then again, it comes back to is it the eye? And did it just, did, did it almost hard reset whatever was trying to fix itself and said, yeah, now we're just not, we're, we're going to reset it again. And, Try and figure it out that way. Yeah, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, man, eye injuries suck. They, uh, they really do. I'll never forget the moment that I personally was cleated in the eye during a soccer game in Mississippi. Granted, you know, I was a little bit younger back then, but like straight up, kid was like a lanky kid, had a follow through, hit me in the right eye. And even then, man, like, I was having, like, floaters, you know? Like, little fuzzies and and shit like that. Like, it sucks. And for that to be extrapolated to the NHL level, man, like, damn. Like, you hope that dude can see, like, at this point. But, um, yeah, and... It was interesting to see Woodcroft adjust to, and I don't know if you caught this, Jared, but he actually ended up splitting up McDavid and Dreisaitl for a pretty large portion of that game, game two. And he only brought them back together on the top line when Yamamoto went out. The the issue for for him, though, is that he doesn't have the the depth that can assist those guys in getting going. Exactly. So let's just, let's play the other side of it. If Jared Bednar takes Nathan McKinnon off of that top line and pots him with, I don't know, Alex Newhook and JT Comper, let's say. Okay. 
for, for some, and we have Burkowski in the lab, so Burkowski elevates to one, Landy takes the center spot, whatever, or Kadri moves up and Burke moves up, whatever it is, right? McKinnon still has those playmaking guys around him, and honestly, that's probably a better thing for McKinnon to be there, because McKinnon now doesn't have to really go grind in the corner. He's got two guys who are going to go to hell and back in the corners and be really willing to put on that battle there. You, you don't have those same guys with Edmonton. Edmonton really needs to keep Dreisaitl and McDavid together. And when they split them up, and then that just proved it last night, when you split them up, you get, you get blown out of the building. Yeah. And it's uh, a lot of cap that's tied up in between those two guys for them. It's not like the Avs cap. It's actually kind of funny to see how it's tied them up, quite literally. When you meet a team that's better than you through all four lines. You know, when you even it out. I mean, one other really great thing from that game, too. Did you see any mental mistakes? No. That was, like, to date, probably their cleanest game they played in their playoff run. To date. I, I, well, t- take, out that, take out that first five on three, because, dude, that gave me horrible flashbacks well, to 16-17. I'll oh, say, my God. Nix, let, let me nix that. The third period, protecting the lead, that was the best period they played all playoffs. Five on three was brutal, man. I don't even want to, like, oh. How can something look so pretty and not do anything at all? Like, I don't... I don't understand. Help me understand. They play their five-on-threes like five-on-fours. They don't crash enough, in my opinion. I don't know. Something's, something's amiss with that. I, I found one of my favorite accounts of ours, um, and I found it just now, and I'm very upset I missed it last night, but I was also at the bar watching the game. Um, from Avstats on Twitter. Arturi Lekkinen passes Matt Duchesne on the playoff points leaderboard last night. That just brings me so much joy. It really does. 12th game. (laughs) Every time. It just brings me so much joy. Every single time. Man, we thought it was we thought it was a mind blow when Byron passed him. That's insane to me. Yeah, that's just, that's hilarious. And you get a guy in Lekkonen who's 10,000% better than Duchesne, in my opinion, because he understands what he's supposed to do. He's a forechecking machine, and he works. And he gets those high-danger, greasy goals, essentially, those tip goals, those screens. How was Josh Manson's goal a medium-danger goal? It seemed, it seemed like that was a, it it's pretty, pretty far pretty, out, right? Was it because there's out. nobody in the way? Maybe I'm, I mean, I guess at that point, if there's no one in the lane, I can see why. But I mean, that's got to be a, a low danger. That's got to be a low danger shot, though. It, it reminded me kind of of like a Burakovsky shot almost. And like the, scent, the, the zone of the ice where Burakovsky likes to fire off. Like right, you know, above the faceoff circle, but like in that kind of like no man's sort of land. But I mean, you're right. Like there, there was. <laughs> I'm like looking at. I've actually I got it up pulled up here now. There's no one around him, man. Like, 
Miko does a great job at stealing the puck and getting it to Nas, and Nas just finds him. And Nas was like whipping it around there. That was all it took, man. Like, man, like that's it's like the abs were just like waiting back waiting back waiting back all right okay okay like we'll take this we'll take that okay it's time to go one two three four just to add injury to insult to mike smith and he was not happy after that fourth goal but he was like to go back to your earlier point man he was all sorts of you know, jazzy in, in the worst way possible for, for a goalie. Um, I honestly think, like, going back to game one, that Kale McCarr shot broke him a little bit. Just a touch. Like, to to the point where when, when I saw him go for saves, Jared, and... Like, every time it was even just a little bit questionable, you'd see him look over his shoulder. You'd see him look look, look left, right. Like, he didn't know um, which way was up, in my opinion. And then you've got guys on the Edmonton side of things saying, I don't have a problem with Mike Smith's game. And I'm like, buddies, that's your mentality. It's abs in five, I'm sorry to say. Like, I don't know. <laughs> to me, he looked extremely rattled. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if they go back to a guy like <clears throat> Miko Koskinen, Game 3, or if they stick with Smith. I, I mean, does it really matter, though? Mm, no. <laughs> I, if, if Colorado's going to keep playing this way, it's not going to matter. That, that's yeah. the thing that I don't think anybody understands, is that it doesn't matter who you're putting in front of Colorado right now. I really think the only goalie that might put a stop to this is Igor Shesterkin. That's it. Vasilevsky looks horrible. And we're starting to hit, and, I, and I'm telling you, it's that playoff fatigue. It's really starting to set in with that club. Mm-hmm. This is their third straight year of a super deep run. Like, it, at some point, the, the dam is going to crack. It, it, it has to. After going seven the- against Toronto, and then you get the, you get the sweep of Florida, which I, 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 nobody saw that coming at all and yeah. and now you drop game one in horrific fashion and they're playing right now and i believe it's one one okay and you drop game one in horrific fashion like that getting blown out of one of the greatest venues in all of sports madison square garden i mean your your confidence has got to be a little rocked at that point yeah and i mean new york i mean Six to two, man. Like, like you said, they they blew the dam open. Um, they looked pretty good doing it too. Um, you saw like their 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 trade acquisitions uh, kind of go go full force. They also have a, a deep line, in my opinion, that Tampa Bay just can't stop right now. Um, whenever you see like the, uh, I want to say it's the Heedle. The Hedo line with uh, Kid. But that line's been beastly for them against Tampa Bay. Um, and yeah, Vasilevsky, he's, he's shown some cracks and they might have just broke the dam. Game one. I don't know. You said it's 1 1 now. Is it like first or second? Uh, one of the second period. Okay. 
think i don't i don't know i closed it already um yeah it's just that, that's probably the only guy who i think may even have a chance of putting an end to that run in all reality chesty's a beast what he has done since like game three of the penguin series is insane like I don't know. Give him the heart, bro. He deserves the heart, in my opinion. He's been very good. Um, looking into games three and four really quickly before we wrap up here. Um, what? I, I, I love this question because it's, it's always something different. What, what is probably your biggest key of going into at least game three, not knowing the outcome? So, my... For me, it would be having to to just weather the storm, weather what you know you're going to get there. It's a loud arena at Rogers Place. Um, pretty sure the club knows that, but it'll be ratcheted up. Think like, you know, intensity-wise, shoot, I'm trying to think of like a comparison for Edmonton. Um, when they played Dallas, that one year um, they came back home and it was just like a raucous like expect a raucous environment man um, I want to say it was either 2006 when they won the cup against the Canes maybe it was that run but like expect I don't know they're going to try to defend their home ice you you could see it kind of festering with the way that game game two ended in my opinion they're like we're not going away like we're right here um to me it was actually kind of hilarious evander kane just trying to circle joss manson like a hawk and then i'm like dude do you realize that's your coach's son like <laughs> he, he, he um, and cassian were out there at the end of the game for one reason one reason alone send a message we're not going to get pushed around that, that's the only goal that you have right there is to just send a message saying, look, we're not going to get pushed around. Yeah. And, and I, I'd even said it. I was like, cool, last four minutes, you better keep that top six off the ice. That you're you're going to put yourself in a world of danger if you do that. And then Kutzke and McCarr, keep them off the ice. I said it to Tyson. I was like, you got to keep these guys off the ice. There, there's no reason to put them out there at all. Yeah. But like you saw him circling Manson. You saw him take some runs at McCarr as far as what Kane did. Um... But, uh, yeah, you know, just be ready for a hostile environment. Continue to stick to your game. I saw a lot of Avs fans that are kind of getting sucked into what Edmonton wants the Avs themselves to get sucked into. They're saying, play McDermott on the road. You know, let's, let's give Kane a run for his money. Shut up. This team is playing fantastic the way they are built. You keep it that way. Um, and you just keep playing your style of hockey. To a T, they showed that game too. You had, you know, guys in Edmonton trying to get into their heads. Kane chirping, doing the little boohoo, you know. That came back to bite him in the ass. Yeah, like, and I, it's just hilarious. The camera pans across and you've got Edmonton firing chirp. And Colorado's just above it, man. They're very, okay, let's get to work. This is business. Here we go. You have to keep that mentality even when shit might get a little bit tougher next couple games. 
You have to stick to your guns and realize what got you here and keep on playing that exact style. And that's my main just overarching team message, I guess. But <laughs> what is a uh, what would it be for you, though? For me, it's. You have to keep that defensive form and that defensive shape you're showing right now. I, I mean, that, that commitment to clearing out the front of the net and really minimizing second chance opportunities was massive uh, last night. I, I can literally count on one hand where I was like, oh shit, there's a bunch of guys camped out in front of Frankie. I, it, it was literally, I probably have, still have some fingers left over after counting it up. I, I, like the one chance that uh, Pugliarvi had where he missed it wide on that weird, weird, weird bounce over top of the net is really the only thing I can think of that was kind of a whose man was that kind of deal. Uh, I, I honestly think Manson knew exactly what the fuck he was doing when he went after Kane in the last two minutes there. I, I, I fully believe he knew he was stepping into Kane after Kane took a run at him and he knew he could step across because Johnson was actually uh, Jack Johnson was actually further back. Which was fine, but something else that I I noticed on the broadcaster immediately was when Kane took down Manson, you saw two two guys turn and then a third come come after that first guy to turn, Andrew Cogliano, and then of course Logan O'Connor, the little fucking pit bull that he is, is right in there too. Yep. And but the, the just the like other, we raised him. <laughs> the other part too <laughs> is Manson just skates away. He got up, skated away, didn't do anything else because he knew he, he got the penalty and then nurse cross checking Nachushkin in the back and saying that's fucking soft. No, it wasn't. You knew they were cracking, cracking down on cross checks this year. That was a very obvious call. I just keep, you have to keep that defensive shape. They're, they're one, two, two that they're playing right now in the neutral zone is great. It's still kind of neutralizing speed. But what they're, what they're doing differently from the St. Louis series is that that F1, especially if McDavid's on the ice and he has the puck, that F1 is actually chasing McDavid and forcing him to the wall to where other sticks are in the lanes. And Edmonton's not doing that when they're playing that. When, when Colorado gets set up with their breakout, and in the perfect example of this was the McKinnon goal in game one, McCarr snaps it to Taves. All Taves has to do is just wait for McKinnon to get open. Their forwards are outside the dots. They're not protecting the house in the slightest. All it takes is that stretch pass, touch pass nurse, and gone. I, it's just, it's, it's these, these slight, slight details where a guy like McKinnon or a guy like McDavid or a guy like Drysaddle is going to fucking kill you. And that's yeah. what's happening right now. And all it's going to take, and we, we've talked about this for two weeks now, two, three weeks now, Miko's got to get going. He gets one, and then just now the wheels are moving. That was a great he pass had, by Kadri. He had a much, he had a much better game game too. Um, like he did, he did just enough, you know. Um, so it's like okay, like you know, welcome back, you know. Um, has his play been suspect in the first two rounds? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, you can still be point per game or above point per game by a point. That's fine. But, You're doing but something Miko, right. But it's not Miko yeah. standard. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just he's had a bit of a resurgence, you know. Um, Manson had probably the best turnaround from game one to game two. 
in my opinion, on the team just because he was a little bit snake bit in game one. I mean, even when he set himself up in the right position, it was like, you know, puck goes off his stick, sets up perfectly for a goal. Like, for, for the team to just... It's, it's almost like they've transcended, man. Like, I don't even know like what to what to call it really but when they're on the ice and like i said i don't i don't know it's just different i i've said it past like three podcasts now i'm sure they're just a different team and it is it's good to see you know the city of denver in a buzz about these guys um it's it's super cool to see that um did did you notice on on the broadcast last night in the pre and post game? It it reminded me a lot of uh, college game day. Like so, it, that was like all we were missing was a Washington State University flag, and it was college game day. It was awesome, especially post game. So they were they were so loud post game. Oh my god, it was phenomenal. So I I, I drove past ball, uh, the can, <clears throat> the can. I drove past the can on my way back from. Uh, from work is to take the scenic route and you're right man like it's uh like even like before before the game kicked off like and driving back up to my place I mean there's Avs shirts Avs jerseys going in and out of pubs left and right um like you said it was it was literally like I'm like oh did um like, is CU playing CSU somehow and at the can? Like, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see the city have this sort of energy. Um, being, you know, right, right smack dab in the middle of it's really cool to see. Uh, I wish you could see it with me. Um, <laughs> be having a hell of a time, man, but... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we're they, gonna have to do a live one here in what just about twenty-one days. We'll have to do a live episode, probably. I yeah, mean, we'll, we'll we'll probably have to sit down and do it. We will. That's the hard part is that we're gonna have to do it. So, um, it, it's it. You're right. It's great to see. I mean, we haven't seen we we haven't seen this much kind of. I, I hate. I, I'm gonna probably be made fun of by someone sitting behind me for saying this but it's kind of nice to have the bandwagon fans with us for once it's 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 really nice um altitude sr was uh, was talking about today when someone was like i had to watch i had to pick between the nba finals and the western conference final i'm sorry you had to pick that's a decision you're kidding i get it golden state blew a huge lead in the fourth quarter who gives a shit? You, you don't care who wins that series. You really don't. Because you don't want to see Golden State win because you're tired of that. And you don't want another Boston championship. This is not a series you want to watch because you're going to get pissed off no matter what. Instead, you can watch New York and Tampa try to kill each other in the East and Edmonton and Colorado play run and shoot hockey for seven games. How great would that be? Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> As far as the NBA goes, man, it's the same old story. 
10 times out of 10. Until they implement a hard cap like the NHL has, that league will never have any parity. None. No. Just like the MLB, never any parity. It's not like it's, it's, it's stupid. Pulls a rabbit out of his hat and gets the nuggets where they need to get to. Well, less but, Tim Connolly. I don't know. That's gonna be tough. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's a whole different episode. But we actually had like some interesting things go down. They actually had a press conference presser about that. Um where the man, the myth, the legend himself, Josh Kronke, made himself available to Denver Media. For the first time, Jared, and what has it's been like five, six years since you've seen that dude speak about the uh, status of Avs, Nuggets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think the last time I saw him like speak like to the media was probably what when he announced Joe Sakic as the new general manager. By the way, there's, and by the way, there's no way Joe isn't making seven mil right now and raking in the dough with how he's got this team. <laughs> you should. I, I mean, do you ever just read Twitter sometimes and just laugh at the Islanders fans who are like, we gave up two, we gave up Devontae's for two fucking seconds? Really? Oh my God. The, the amount of salt is just so great to see sometimes. I, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I still keep can't get over it. Did you, know, did you know he was a fourth round pick? The, the, the dude deserves seven mil a year. And he's, yeah. a, he's a fourth rounder, man. That, that dude's just nuts. Yeah, like, and I want to go back and find our episode where we found out this dude was coming to Colorado and we got a first, first time sort of glance into his, like, you know, his metrics, numbers, his metrics and shit. I want to find that and like almost realistic just out of nostalgia. Right. Because we called this shit. <laughs> we were like, this dude paired, paired with Makar will blow up. And I, I mean, man, like just from the rip. Episode but, 24, by the way. Okay, episode 24. That was also the Brandon Saad deal, which I was super happy about. <clears throat> My Twitter handle, handle will never be. It'll change to Gladlinch if we will, right. by the way. Um, some really quick, brief news. Uh, there are some big changes coming to this podcast. Uh, we're not going we, to... We can't go into anything more than that at the moment. Uh, but there are some pretty big changes that should happen within probably the next week or so. Um, Joel and I are hyped as hell about it. It's going to be awesome. Um, but, oh God, I wish we could just tell, we just talk about it. We can't, can't do it yet. Can't yet. But the winds of fortune, like, I don't know, you know, I'm hyped. It's going to be fun. As hell. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I I'm fidgeting just thinking about it, but, uh, but yeah, nothing's going to change. It's just, it's just, you're going to get more, you're actually going to get more shows from us now. We're actually going to get back on a good schedule like we're doing right now, which is good. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully maybe we'll get lucky and we'll do another, another post game one like we did, uh, last Saturday after, Ooh. after the, the abs won the series, which was just, just so great to happen. 
I'm still just so happy about that. Yeah. And man, it's just been, it's been fantastic. Uh, from me to you there down in Texas to, uh, to everyone who's given thanks so much. Uh, be sure to follow our Twitter at mile high pun myself at Joel Jones 15 and Mr. Jared Shuck. I forgot your handle. We haven't actually <laughs> plugged ourselves in a while. You haven't plugged um, Instagram personal yet. plug. You haven't plugged uh, Instagram and yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if I've plugged our Instagram account yet, but same name, uh, Mile High Pundit. And yeah, sauce is a follow. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for all the love, too. Recently, we have noticed a lot more uh, interactions just generally. So for that, we thank you. We will continue to bring you guys uh, all the good shit. You guys just stay tuned. Kick, kick back, relax. Family home for the holidays. I'm in the studio cooking up music because I know I never got time to waste. This is a decision I gotta make. Made it here, I can't stop now. Had to make what I got now. This is life I chose. Seen the highs and lows. I've been getting what I want now. Middle finger to the middle man. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.